What up, Long Beach? Welcome back to the LB Fee Show, the one and only podcast where you can talk Long Beach State sports with the Long Beach State Sports Athletic Director, Andy Fee. Uh, as always, LB Fee Show is hosted by myself, Mike Gardabasio, and uh, JJ Fiddler, my co-pilot, uh, not, uh, not around today. Uh, but uh, the 562.org, happy to help bring Long Beach State this podcast every two weeks. And we've got a very special episode today with uh, our guest, Alan Knipe, head coach, a two-time national champion uh, head coach of the men's volleyball team at Long Beach State. But before we get to Alan, we uh, we got a lot of Long Beach State stuff to talk about. So Andy Fee, welcome to your show. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing well. Happy New Year to you, Mike, and uh, to all the listeners out there. Yes, Happy New Year indeed. Hope everyone had a uh, happy and healthy and safe uh, celebration. Um, Andy, we talked about it a little bit on our last episode um, where we were discussing, uh, you know, the big hire of Tyler Hildebrand, but, um, you know, it kind of feels like we've gone in a little bit of a circle here, although some things are different with, uh, with COVID-19. We're back to where fans and players and coaches and administrators and media members are checking, you know, for updates up to two or three hours before a game to find out if that game is going to be played as the uh, very contagious Omicron variant has been spreading across the country and the world. Um, what's it like right now at Long Beach State as you guys are sort of re-entering this world where games feel a little bit more like a coin flip as to whether they're going to go on or not? Yeah, well, it's it's frustrating, you know, to be honest, um, to be kind of in the same place as we were a year ago, as you said, you know, wondering, is a game going to be played? Um, how many games are we going to play this year? But we have made some progress. We are in a better place with contact tracing and not necessarily one positive equals being completely shut down. But we've obviously lost some games. Um, every sports league has lost games. So we do the best we can. And, uh, you know, we're back on track. The women, um, you know, with a victory uh, over Cal Poly to open up. Big West play um, and the men getting back on track. So we'll see, you know, we'll just do the things we can do, the things we can control. And uh, there's certain things we can't control, but um, certainly, you know, the, the safety of our athletes, fans uh, are always at the forefront of our minds. Yeah, the women's basketball team, I'm sure, you know, had a couple cancellations. I'm sure that they were, uh, they're very excited not just to get out, but to put up a 20 point win in their first game of uh, Big West play over Cal Poly. Um, they're on a roll. And I think, you know, this is one of the things we talked about and talked about with, um, with Coach Kamen before the season is, you know, this, the COVID stuff is still going to be a part of this season, right? And the extent to which coaches and players can mentally navigate that world where you're frustrated, you know, um, that you don't get to play, and then you have to come back out, you know, a couple of days later and, and be ready to go. Um, what is it about Coach Cameron and his leadership style that you think he's been able to be so successful? I, I was really impressed with that game last night, as we mentioned, you know, they had a couple cancellations, and they come out and absolutely dominate um, Cal Poly in their Big West opener. So, what do you think it is about them and, and about Coach Cameron that allows them to kind of be so successful uh, with their focus? Well, I think Coach Cameron and his staff have done a great job uh, working with the athletes in what we always call the response. How do you respond to something? And certainly, again, we're, we're in year two here of, of COVID. So we last year went through some cancellations, games that 
were going to be played or not played or the uncertainty of whether games would be played, you know, the last minute, just are the tests coming back negative. So I think the program itself and, and probably all of our athletes are a little more, I hate to use the term used to it, um, but it's not as shocking. So right. it's kind of a, a role with it. Again, control what you can control. Certainly losing games is disappointing, but I think this year they know what it takes to respond, meaning that, you know, I, I too was curious to see how they would play against Cal Poly. You know, they come off a layoff, obviously they've been playing very well before that, but you know, they miss a couple games. Are they going to come out and have that, you know, especially for the women's side, the defensive intensity that they put forward and they answered that. I mean, clearly um, they were the better team uh, that night. But I think Jeff does a very good job of kind of keeping things, I don't, and again, I'm using the term simple, just focusing on the things they can control. And we always talk about the things we can control are our attitude and effort. And if we do those two things, we'll probably be okay. Um, so we're in a little bit, as we re-enter the COVID world, we're in a little bit of an interesting situation. We're recording this on New Year's Eve. The podcast will be out um, in the new year. But so we're hopeful that the men's basketball team will be at Bakersfield on New Year's Day um, as they look to return. I think it's been four straight games that have been canceled um, and we'll hopefully be able to bounce back uh, that way as well. But the thing I wanted to ask you about that is really where we get into a little bit of a danger zone is we all know things can change very quickly in the COVID world as far as larger rules and regulations. But are you guys considering anything? Is the Big West considering anything? Have you heard anything from public health departments? about major changes to attendance policies or schedules or whether things are allowed to happen? Or is it, hey, we're going forward, it's just in this world where, you know, as you said, um, there's more uncertainty? So we're continuing forward as we have been over the last several weeks or month. Um, we have not had any discussions so far about, um, you know, fans, restricting fan attendance or, or anything like that. There's a couple of teams around the league that have actually gone to kind of some, some two-week, three-week, and four-week um, fan restrictions. I know UC San Diego, UC Davis, and UC Santa Barbara uh, all are restricting fan attendance. So that's, you know, a little bit odd, you know, going back to that. We've, we've had fans at our games, so when we go on the road uh, to a couple of locations, we may, we may be uh, back in that, that world of last year with no fans. But um, as far as we're uh, talking about here in Long Beach, we're obviously monitoring everything, talking to public health. But at this point, um, none of those uh, options are on the table in terms of taking away fans or any other restrictions. So at this point, um, you know, watching the numbers and uh, hopefully seeing some some stabilization in terms of those numbers that that don't push us towards a place where we would have to restrict fan attendance. Yeah, and I, I want to make it clear, you know, we're talking about this stuff through the lens of sports because this is a sports show and, and it's for Long Beach State fans. We obviously understand that, um, you know, and I know, I know both of us on a personal level understand that this is a, a much bigger issue than just basketball games, um, you know, and, and sports schedules. But um, that being said, the one, I wouldn't want to call it a silver lining, but the, the one thing that's really different about this Omicron variant is it is so contagious that if you look at the data from countries like South Africa that dealt with it before we have gotten it, um, 
as you said, that's the, it, it's it, the spike goes up very sharply and it also comes down pretty sharply just because it spreads so quickly that um, it kind of runs out of people, quite frankly. So um, it is possible in this weird way that it feels like right now we're back to the very beginning in 2020 of this total uncertainty. But it's also very possible that by the time we record it again in two weeks, we're kind of looking at a world where, you know, we've, I don't want to say moved beyond COVID, but that it is a little bit clearer going forward. You know, is that a sense that you've gotten from your own following? And I know you follow the news very closely or, or from talking to people in public health. Yes, I think from what we gather from, from talking with, uh, you know, the subject matter experts is, as you said, that, that kind of steep kind of increase in, in case rate, which is pretty substantial. But again, if you do look at it um, in a longitudinal kind of way, um, it does plateau and then start to go down. So again, hopefully we won't have to make any adjustments you know, I would say, you know, the, the conference has made one adjustment that is more maybe not specific to us, but the conference as a whole is originally, much like most conferences across America, originally as the season, basketball season began, uh, if a team uh, was unable to play a game due to COVID, it would be deemed a forfeit um, because of the current case rate and the number of cancellations of games. Uh, the conference, and again, most conferences across the country have removed the forfeit and gone to a no contest policy. So uh, if those games can't be made up, um, there, there'll be a no contest. So the, the standings could potentially look a little bit like last year, meaning that some teams play more games or less games than others. Right. Uh, but again, that's just kind of it is what it is. And uh, hopefully, as you know, we were just talking about that you know, in two or three weeks, we're in a more stable position where we're not so worried about losing games or cancellations. And this is more of a short-term issue than a long-term issue. Yeah. And I think it's worth noting, you know, I mean, I, I think everyone is exhausted by these last two years, regardless of your profession, I, you know, no one, um, unless you're a hermit or something, no one's you know, kind of had a normal two years here. Um, it is worth noting that, um, it, this is different from before in that we do have the huge uh, weapon in this fight of the vaccine and the boosters, um, as well as uh, a little bit more certainty with these schedules, right? I, I mean, I, I know neither of us are ever going to forget spring 2020 when we're having, it just felt like every day you're getting news that something had been canceled for the next three or four months. Um, schools were closing and everything else. So what we're hoping here is that because of the vaccine and the booster, these are adjustments where you're just talking about comparing things in the standings that one team's played two games more than another team, which is so minor compared to, Hey, we're pulling you off the court, you know, before your, your big West tournament game or something like that. So I am grateful to be in the situation we are now um, as difficult as it still is, but does that, if I can sort of read the tea leaves, the, the reason on the no contest versus forfeits is when it was, the policy was forfeits. The idea was, the virus is not really out there. If you if your team and coaches have been immunized with the vaccine, you're probably getting very good protection against catching it. And also your quarantine rules are much easier. So therefore, the feeling is a little bit if you can't play, that was kind of within your control, right? Versus now, the Omicron variant has spread so much. Um, we know that uh, people with the vaccine can still catch it, obviously. 
Um, so now it's a little bit more of a, hey, the situation is once again out of people's control. And so we don't want to penalize anyone with a loss. Is that basically what the thinking is? Correct. A, a much more fluid situation. And uh, again, you know, if you rewind it a few weeks, a month, um, things were a little more controlled. Um, but as we know, we have to pivot in the COVID world. So the pivot is yes. So you're not penalizing programs because uh, whether it's us or another team, you could end up in a really bizarre situation where out of, you know, really out of your control, it's, it's not as though your team might be doing, you know, risky behaviors, but just because Omicron is so contagious that um, you would suddenly be forfeiting games. And, um, you know, from a, from a fairness standpoint, I think all of the athletic directors and the CEOs, the, the chancellors and presidents felt that the shift in policy to the no contest was uh, was a better plan, better option. Well, let's uh, we've been talking about the winter. Let's uh, look forward to brighter days ahead, uh, literally and uh, hopefully figuratively. Um, we've got uh, men's volleyball coach Alan Knight coming up here in a couple minutes. But uh, I, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit, Andy, about um, your excitement level for this season. I know you've really taken to that men's volleyball program. Uh, I know, you know, a lot of those guys really uh, the, the coaches and the players all have a, a, a big fondness for you. Um, and obviously, when you have a, a program that won back to back NCAA championships in the pre COVID world, uh, who has since then brought in a couple of number one recruiting classes in the country. Um, I'm assuming the expectations are very high and that your excitement level is very high. So how are you feeling about men's volleyball coming up here in the next month? Fired up. Um, you know, last year, again, weird, odd year. We, I think we played like 12 matches total, um, which is half probably what we normally right. would play. So to be in a place where we're planning and anticipating playing our matches, um, very excited. As you said, those um, top ranked recruiting classes here, you know, I've seen the guys working out this fall and those, those new guys, um, those are, those new players are not guys that have to redshirt and you go, well, they're freshmen, they can't play. These are big time <laughs> athletes right. and, you know, they're pushing those returners, which creates um, that competition creates excellence is how, you know, I don't want to speak for Alan, but but what I think they they really look for is to push one another um, and that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we'll have those best athletes, whoever they are out there on the court. But again, um, you know, preseason, you know, tied with Hawaii for kind of the, the top of the Big West, um, you know, number four in the country preseason. You know, I, I think I think we're better than that, which is maybe uh, uh, maybe sounds a little uh risky to, to, to put it out there so far, but, you know, if we control the things we can control effort and attitude, and if we remain healthy, um, it's going to be a really exciting year. Uh, some great matches here in the pyramid visiting teams coming in from the big 10 and in the PAC 12 teams. So it's going to be another exciting year. And I know they're looking forward to as the fall teams and the winter teams uh, playing in front of the fans. And I know the fans are yeah. excited to, to get back out there and support this program because um, they are um, a really special program, a real special group. 
Well, and I, I'm glad that we get to talk about it because uh, I can't really say too many nice things about the team around Allen. You know, he's very like he, he, he wants to tamp the expectations down and talk about what happened at practice today, which is obviously the, uh, the mindset of a successful coach. But with you, yes, I can absolutely say how nice to have a program at Long Beach State where they come out ranked number four in the country in the preseason poll. And my overwhelming reaction is, oh, that, that's completely unjust. You know, that's way too low. <laughs> disrespect i can't believe you're disrespecting <laughs> us mike you know i mean come on what's going on i'm i'm on a recount um it is worth noting they were number two in terms of first place votes obviously in those polls uh different coaches sort of approach them with different philosophies and some people kind of just fill out how last year shook out um hawaii the number one team uh in that poll uh despite having lost a significant portion of their national championship team so uh, interesting times ahead. I'm glad I got a chance to talk about it with you because uh, I'm sure I will not with Alan. So um, as you mentioned, premier home games coming up, uh, they will open up in the Walter Pyramid January 12th against Erskine and then host Harvard that Saturday. But uh, home matches this season against Ohio State, Penn State, USC, UCLA, Stanford, uh, both of the Hawaii matches in the Big West schedule will be in Long Beach this year before they travel to Hawaii for the Big West tournament. Uh, towards the end of April, and then UCLA hosting the NCAA championships May 5th and 7th, uh, dates that I am very much hoping to be busy uh, up in Westwood, uh, hanging out with you, having a good time, Andy. <laughs> definitely, definitely. It's, uh, it's going to be a fun ride. And uh, yeah, certainly Alan is going to, you know, be the coach, you know, the, as I call it, the Lou Holtz, right, where I don't know, you know, I don't know how if we're going to be, but, uh, you know, as athletic director, I get to kind of put it out there a little further. <laughs> um, and uh, it's not to put more pressure on them. It's really um, a sign of respect to what they've built and uh, continue to push forward. Absolutely. All right. Stay tuned for our interview with Alan. All right. We're happy to welcome on head coach of the men's volleyball program at Long Beach State in his 19th season. We're both old now. Uh, Alan Knipe, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Awesome, Mike. Thanks for having me. Let's talk about uh, this upcoming season. I know you are not one for, uh, you know, expectation talk and, and chess beating and that stuff, but um, you guys won the last two pre-COVID national championships. Um, obviously a very weird season last year with the reduced number of matches. You've added back-to-back -back, uh, top recruiting classes in the country. Um, I know uh, my expectations are high. Andy's expectations are high. Everyone's very excited for the season. So how are you guys feeling going into uh, this year? And does it feel a little bit more like a normal season than, you know, what last year was? Yeah, absolutely. If you, if you go back to 2020 season for us, we had a fall and then we played, I think, 11 total matches and got shut down in March like everybody did. And, and then we didn't see each other for a long time, right? We didn't, we didn't have the fall. And um, it just, it, it was very strange last year to come back in February, you know, for a men's volleyball season and have your first practice. So, um, you know, what, what happens in that situation, it's not just, it's just not the reps that you lose. It's all the things that you build in the, in, in the fall for culture and identity. And um, it ends up being like our whole season last year just felt like coaching kind of like a summer ball all-star team, you know, where we were changing <laughs> things from week to week and who was healthy. Right. And right. You, know, you didn't know, you know, you start talking in generalities, kind of like watching the pro ball or something like we're just going to run basic plays that everybody <laughs> knows. 
Right. And uh, and that's what the whole season kind of felt like, even though I, I thought our guys did a, a really good job under really tough situations, you know, to come out of the gates um, with no fall, no, no lead up games and open up at Santa Barbara and lose to a team that eventually goes to the final four and four, but turn around and beat them the next night and four and then beat a good Irvine team right. both times with pretty much no prep. I was really proud of them, but it was just it was the most unique year of, of all. And I'm not and I'm not saying anything any other coach hasn't been through but the nice thing about so far this year is that we had our fall and to me our fall is everything about how we can prep for the season and had time to train had time to work on our culture had time to get connected with the guys and uh, watch a ton of video with the guys and now it starts to feel like there's a little bit more Long Beach State volleyball going on out there instead of you know summer ball yeah so, uh, yeah that's been the most exciting part of it um you know, speaking of exciting, you guys, uh, I, I was running through some of the highlights with with Andy, but, you know, this is one of the best home schedules for any sport at Long Beach State that I, I can remember. I mean, you've got some really big name schools, Ohio State, Penn State, USC, UCLA, Stanford, uh, both the Hawaii matches in the pyramid. Um, how excited are you for having fans back and, you know, hopefully uh, us all getting to recapture and enjoy that that momentum um that existed you know in the volleyball community here prior to the pandemic kind of closing things at the pyramid yeah you know we, we schedule pretty aggressively on purpose um for lots of reasons one we we always try to do that there's a lot of usual suspects on our schedule uh, that we like to play uh in the in the non-big west schedule um but also you know we would like it to be as close to back to whatever we knew in the past in our, in our volleyball world here as, as possible. And so we're trying to send that message. I think the administration and the coaching staff, you know, we're all on the same page of, we want to get this thing back. We want to make it look the same as, or as close to as it has. We want to get the teams in here. We want to have our fans excited about the schedule. We want the fans excited about the conference and, you know, it's going to be a grind for, you know, for our team, because unfortunately, with all the things that are going on, you don't know what one week to the next week's going to, what's going to bring. So um, with a schedule like that, I never like to get ahead of it anyway, but this, with everything going on right now, the best thing we can possibly do is not get ahead of it. Because unfortunately, you don't even know if in two weeks, if that schedule is going to be accurate. So right. the best thing to do is really focus on one week. But yeah, we scheduled like we did because we like, you know, to to give the fan base the, those type of teams to come in here. But really, we, we schedule like that because we want our guys to get the competition um, to improve throughout the season, to be ready for the postseason to be at their best. Yeah. Um, let's talk about this year's team and, and some of the guys that, that people should be excited for. You've got a pair of All-Americans back in, uh, in Mason Briggs, who's a, a rare uh, libero worth the price of admission. Um, you guys have kind of specialized in, in finding, you know, those rarities, um, but really entertaining player to watch in the back row. And then Spencer Olivier, um, you know, up front, but aside, tell me a little about them and, and who some of the other top guys are that, you know, your fans can, can be excited about, especially some of the newcomers, maybe that they don't know. Yeah, I think that um, we, have, we have a nice group. Hopefully we, uh, it's exciting for, for our fans in a lot of ways, not just the guys that they've heard about um, the last couple of years. Um, but sure, you mentioned Mason, and Mason's fun to watch and uh, is kind of a human highlight reel when it comes to effort and you know just energy on the court. And then Spencer has come so far from the kid that came into the gym as a freshman and 
he's gotten bigger and stronger and and he was just a dominant force for us the last two years on the left but if you add in some of the other guys that we've been able to pick up like alexander nikolov you know uh from bulgaria and he had a he had a great fall he was he, he trained with the u21 and then the u19 bulgarian national team played in the world championships for both of them medaled both in both tournaments and started as their outside hitter in the l1 position so he brings some size and physicality um has a big time international serve and um and our left side guys with spencer and alex are as big of the, if not bigger than our middle blockers and with six seven six eight on the left that's pretty big um, and then in the kind of the trio that's been getting most of the reps in the middle has been uh, Shane Holdaway and Grant Maroki and uh, Mark Moody and three juniors, which I really like. We've gotten to that point where they understand our system. Maybe they haven't got as many reps as maybe a normal junior would, but they've been in our gym a long time now. Shane is just real, real athletic, real offensive. And so is Grant and Mark is a real steady, real good system blocker for us. So I think we have some really good depth there. And then at opposite with Clark Godbold, who got Big West Freshman of the Year last year, and uh, and Simon Torrey, um, the, who has made a tremendous amount of progress. If you think he came in last year in December, missed everything that was going on, and he knew nothing about Long Beach State Volleyball. He just had to play in some matches for us. So the fall has been great right. for him. And then, you know, I think Aiden's done a great job running our offense all fall. We've had it, we played Trinity Western, um, who is by far the best team in Canada right now. And we hit 390 as a team against them and lost in three, which is unheard of. And then uh, <laughs> backed that up with a five game win, which was the only time Trinity lost on their trip down to Southern California. And we hit well into the, th the th high 300s again. So we had nice balance to our offense. But the big thing for Aiden really is that uh, after the season last year, had, getting his ankle surgery that he needed, and uh, he's he's back being healthy, and and that helps us a lot. So there's a lot of other guys that I could name, you know, but Nate Harlan, Nathan Harlan's had a great fall. Um, so we have some good depth. We have no no seniors in the program, right? Um, so we're still uh, we're still a pretty uh, green group, but uh, a lot of really healthy arms and. Uh, I think with a lot of upside, I, we're nowhere close to the team. We didn't think we could be this year. Never mind what this group does in their in their career. But uh, we're excited about it. That's for sure. Yeah, those are all things to be excited about, no doubt. Um, can, can you talk? You mentioned how important the fall is for you guys, and and how significant it is for you to get that. Is that physical in terms of building bodies and getting to where you can go through the grind that is a men's volleyball season? Or is it mental, you know, just in terms of learning to prepare, learning what a week is going to be like during the season instead of having to do that on the fly? I assume yeah. it's a blend of those. But, you know, what, what, what do you get from that this year that you didn't have last year? Well, yeah, the, the spring sports schedule is the best schedule in, in college sports, right? I mean, it's uh, you get that slow climb into your season. You get the natural break at the holidays. Uh, but you get the whole fall to get physical in the weight room. You know, you get your guys in there a minimum of three days a week. We get guys that are in there five days a week and try to get, we never sacrifice the weight room for technique and volleyball in the fall. We always try to get, we never miss a lift. We try to get as many extra as we can. We'll, it's okay being sore in our gym or maybe not jumping as well in the fall because you're putting in so much work. Uh, and then we put so much time in to create our system and our cultures and watching video about what we want to do and if it's not just us of great players who have come before us maybe at Long Beach or even international players of what we want to be of really 
creating that vision of how we want the game to be played. And even though we're not always playing at that level, at least we're aspiring to play at that level. And then mentally, I think it's uh, it's nice to get that slow build um, of getting ready for the season, because for a lot of guys that are new in our fall, it's it's a, it's a lot. It's a, it, at times it can be even overwhelming of how how much volleyball we play, how invested you have to be in our program and how long the fall is and they haven't even played a game that matters yet well you know, it's, 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 it's worth it's worth noting that in your sport it is unique but you have guys like kyle ensign who ends up being an all-american but who is a basketball player until he was in 10th grade right. right i mean so the that's idea right. of that kind of dedication to this sport is unique even to some of the more top flight guys there's no doubt and you know i, I very much run our our team very similar to how i ran the national team so that there's no way that we're not uh, putting in the maximum amount of time and our guys aren't as committed, you know, as they possibly could be. And the nice thing that happens in that early, we usually finish in early December and then they have the week before finals, finals week, the holidays, and then they come back is that they're able to kind of recover physically, mentally from the grind and, and kind of sit back and think that was really hard. There was a lot going on. I'm going to really simplify some things now of what I probably can take into the season and uh, that you usually see them, I and we see this kind of the, this spark when they come back, or um, a better way to say it is just they they're rejuvenated and they realize a lot of the new guys. I can do this. The the hard it was hard in the fall. I was beat up in the fall. School was hard. I was adjusting to living on my own. All these things happen, but now I take a deep breath. I'm through finals, excited for the season to start, and here we go. So we use the fall, and as we talk about it all the time, to build our culture and our identity just as much as we work on our serving and passing and hitting. Well, uh, very much looking forward to this season. You mentioned uh, can't look too far ahead, but good luck in Pennsylvania, and then hopefully we'll have you guys in the Walter Pyramid January 12th. That's a Wednesday against Erskine, and January 15th, that's a Saturday against Harvard. Uh, like I said, good luck out in Pennsylvania. Travel safe, and we'll see you guys soon, Alan. Awesome, Mike. Thank you. Happy New Year to everyone. Great interview with Coach Knight. Always love uh, getting to catch up with him. Uh, Andy, before we get out of here, um, I just wanted to get, I know we do these recommendations uh, every episode. So what, what have you been, did you get any time over the holidays to take a break and, and watch something with the family or listen to something that you'd want to recommend to everybody? Well, watched uh, a lot of uh, Netflix and um you know, a lot of the other streaming services. So, uh, you know, kind of difficult to say, you know, what, what, what one thing is out there. Um, I think, you know, what I enjoyed was, and I may get the, the title wrong, but I think it's don't look up. Uh, yes. With, I was going to have the same recommendation, which I thought was great. Um, you know, I know maybe the media seems to kind of hammer away on it a little bit, but I thought it was brilliant and a really good commentary on society so if, if folks haven't seen it i would recommend that on netflix i totally agree with you and that's funny that you mentioned the media because i know it, it's gotten mixed reviews but that was my exact response andy is like well i can see why the people at the new york times or cnn might not like it <laughs> right it's, it's not particularly nice to uh some of those legacy media publications but i i largely agree with the point it's making not just about you know our society but about those media organizations so definitely recommended from this corner as well and uh as i said we're wishing everyone a, a happy healthy new year as we get going into 2022 here hopefully some great long beach state memories ahead uh thank you to alan and to andy for joining us 
uh, as well as to producer Roger for making everything run smoothly. And uh, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Go Beach. <laughs>